Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sophie Scott. And I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people. Sharing uplifting news stories. And delivering tips and tricks. To bring balance to your lives. Uh, hello, welcome to yet another... But I mean, I'll tell you what, last week's bonus episode, Will Poulter... Oh, which, by the way, has been featured in Pod Bible. Brand new Pod Bible. They single out... The episode with lovely Will Poulter. Can you believe it? I nearly said, can you, Adam and Edith? Remembered I was from Leeds and stopped myself. So that was nice. Thank you, Pod Bible. Jolly kind of you. So uh, this week's bonus episode is Lee Mech. How are these bonus episodes? Well, it's actually to do with release dates. <laughs> uh, so I, the reason why I'm recording this while on my travels is because it's Thursday evening and I've just finished chatting with a, a comedy hero in the form of Lee Mack. And this episode has to go out tomorrow, that's Friday the 12th of July, because, it's a good reason, it's the London Comedy Film Festival. Lee was appearing there as part of the new Horrible Histories movie, which is out, I believe, the 26th of July. Great one to take the kids or nieces and nephews, whatever you like. Um... Great cinema trip. Keeps the young ones quiet for a couple of hours. That sounds like lazy parenting. It, it absolutely is not. Uh, it's common sense. Uh, you can't put that on the poster, unfortunately. Come see this. It's common. Anyway, um, so Lee Mack. Talk a bit about horrible histories. We talk a little bit about pursuing a passion. Lee's life would have turned out very differently had he not had a go as a Pontins, not Butlins, as I said. Swiftly corrected. I've read the book as well, what a mistake. Anyway, you'll see what I mean. Uh, as a Pontins blue coat, as they say. I, I, the thing is, neither of us can share the story because he's, he's, uh, there, there were young ones in the room as we were chatting, and if you've read the book, you will know that it includes the worst word you can say. But anyway, nevertheless, fast forward to now, and uh, we're in the presence of a proper comedy icon. Very interestingly as well, we talk uh, at quite uh, some length about ADHD, and Lee probably has ADHD. The reason why we have to say probably, or possibly, is because what happened was Lee was writing Mac the Life, which is one of the finest comedian's autobiographies. Strongly recommend it. Very funny, but also uh, tugs at those sweet, sweet heartstrings as, uh, as well. It's terrific. Um, but as part of that book, Lee chatted with... 
a psychiatrist and rewrote those chats as comedy sketches and they prefix each chapter certainly most chapters I last read it last year give me a break um, and, it, and it's nice it's a nice unique hook for the book and the psychiatrist's take was that Lee probably had ADHD but wasn't quite understandably wasn't really prepared to diagnose that based on the chats that they'd had for the autobiography because that is not the grounds for t- <laughs> for telling someone some fairly major news but uh, as Lee says in our chat that sort of makes sense for some of the things that he has gone through. So on the um, on the plus side, it helps him be an incredible comedian. If you've ever seen him on a panel show, I tell you what, they don't they don't edit any silences out. Lee Mac really is that quick. My advice would be, if you want to be quick like Lee Mac, sometimes just it's just saying the thing, as he explains. Um, but as he also says, ADHD is is a, a sad thing for a, a kid to go through. Uh, he grew up in the 70s and 80s where you would be dismissed as being a naughty kid. Um, again, as he says, dyslexia wasn't really given the time of day then. ADHD certainly wasn't. Um, anyway, Lee Mack, wonderful. Uh, a comedy hero. So, uh, bonus episode. It's not bad, is it? Bonus episode. Uh, the Maestro, Lee Mack. Lee, thank you very much uh, for joining us. How did how did this Horrible Histories gig come about? Well, I was... Um, that is a good question. How did it come about? I still don't quite know how, how I've ended up in a film because I'm not a film actor. I'm a sitcom actor, and even then I'm a stand-up in a sitcom. But the last couple of years I've just tried to started to do other stuff a little bit. Like I got a bit in Doctor Who and I was in a drama even. I played myself though. It was National Treasure. You know, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Tray. That's right. It wasn't very, it was a bit of an unusual phone call because they said, you know, you've been wanting to do some other stuff. I said, yeah. He said, well, you've got a part in a drama about uh, uh, historical sexual abuse. I went, oh, right. And what am I playing? And he says, you're playing yourself. <laughs> I was like, what? Sorry, and they said... Uh, Something yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they said, oh, yeah, you're, you're going to play... There's a series of comics playing themselves in it. And uh, I lo- absolutely loved the programme. I thought it was brilliant. I mean, my part in it, it was blinking. Talk about blinking and... It was terrific, though, wasn't it? It was... Oh, it was a brilliant series. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, and so just to be in it, you know, just to be on set for a day, I loved it, yeah, but I was... Yeah, and they deliberately, stylistically filmed all the real comics sort of from behind and in a weird angle. And uh, something's like, people go, is that definitely you? Because it's the back, <laughs> back of your head, you know. But, yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, I've just been doing other bits and bobs, really. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if there's a connection between me doing other bits and bobs. So this is just coincidental. But um, I just got the phone call and the kids love it. Horrible histories. So Great. we thought, I'd do it. My son's in the background there. There's no better ringing endorsement than that. But the the wonderful thing about Horrible Histories is it's been credited with inspiring kids to actually learn about history in their spare time, hasn't it? I don't know about kids, but I genuinely know a little bit more about... Not just a little bit more about the Romans now. I think my my history knowledge of the Romans has has probably gone up 100%. (laughs) Is it a hit in the Mac House, those books? Yeah, they they do like the books, and we also send the, the live stage play, and obviously the TV show. Um, so we we've, we're across all the formats. I oh, think nice. I might have got this part in a film, like you know, when you buy enough petrol, you get a free Kit Kat. 
I think I might have bought enough horrible history stuff over the years and tickets. Oh, I go, qualify for... Oh, yeah, you got 100 stamps. You get part in the movie. Um, we've, we've talked about comedy before. You, you, I mean, you are... Because we're at the London uh, Comedy Film Festival. Loco. Are, loco. I was trying to work out what loco meant, because uh, what, what does it stand for? The London... London comedy, loco. And they just taken the lo- like a J Lo oh, type I see. thing. It's not the. Oh, I see. Of course, that's. I'm trying to work out what the O and the O was. I've just worked that out now that you said it out loco, loud. Loco, yeah. If you'd said, what does it stand for? I don't know. Loco, yeah. London comedy. It doesn't quite work, does it? But you know, it's fine. I'll let it go. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, but you are actually. What I'm getting at here is a lot of comedians aren't actually comedy fans. That sounds ridiculous. I know. It's but, true, isn't it? But you and I are. I love comedy. Yeah. I I had to pick my fi- favorite five comedy films last week for an interview, and I found that really hard. Because I ended up picking two films that aren't even really comedies. I picked King's a comedy, which isn't really a comedy. There are some very funny There's bits funny in bits it. funny bits in it, yeah. but it's, it's about comedy more sure. than being a comedy. And Funny Bones, which is actually another one that's not, not intentionally funny uh, a lot of the time. It's I, quite dark, um, but I love that film. And it introduced me to George Carl as well, who I'm now obsessed with. Right. Do you know George Carl? No. YouTube George Carl. George Carl? Not George Carlin. George Carl. George Carl is the funniest physical comedian I've ever seen in my life. And I just didn't know anything about him until Funny Bones. So oh, I mean, is that the, is that, that's the dude doing the physical comedy in it? Well, he's a very old guy. Yeah. Not, not Freddie Parrotface Davis, the other one. Right. Uh, and, he, and he does a bit of it at the end of the film, but if you watch him on YouTube... Incredible. Brilliant. That's in the days of someone would have like a, a, a seven-minute act that was, was honed for act. 30 years. Every little movement... It's all silent as well, so it's all completely physical. But every little movement was... You know, refined to the finest. It's I, brilliant. I was warmed up on uh, Fun Capsule, Harry Hill show. Oh, yeah. And because he loves some of the older guys. And when they come on, you f- I totally forgot that those guys had, they had a, a routine, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Totally. So the Crankies came on and did that yeah. ventriloquism thing. It's great, that. It's a, it's a, Harry said to them, it's a great bit. Yeah. But they've been, they would hone that over years and yeah. years Well, and this years, is the thing. People, we, we, we're from a generation of comics that go to Edinburgh every year and change their hour. And even then, it's quite cerebral and, and verbal. So these guys have had the same physical slapstick routines for years and years. It just got better and tighter. And, sure. Yeah, I love all that. Um, what, what, I think I know the answer to this because I've read your book twice. I told everyone oh, I've yeah. hold, hold it recently and reread it. Oh, that's nice. Um, you looked slightly scared at the time when I told you that I'd read it again. <laughs> um, I've only read it once. <laughs> it's actually proofreading, second time. Um, but you, you, you are someone who, whether you like it or not, you, you are an inspirational chap. You pursued, oh, a, you wow. pursued a passion. I mean, there's that, there's that bottling story that is. Ponsins. Ponsins, sorry. <laughs> but I mean, that's a. You know, but, but anyway, you perceive. I mean, that changed your life, though, didn't it? Cause oh you, yeah, yeah, totally. Your life could have taken a, another path. And... Yeah, I mean that. Um, I can't tell the story because my children are in the background. But me being sacked from Pontins for swearing um, was at the time I went to Pontins. People assume that if you went to Pontins, you're now a comedian. That you went to Pontins to become a comedian, and that was a, a route, a very old-fashioned route. You know, sure. perhaps me and. I don't know, Shane Richard, I think he was a blue yeah, coat. That's we, right, yeah. we were the last of the went the blue coat route. But actually I didn't go at all to be in entertainment. I, I was the only one that me and my mate were the only ones that didn't do anything on stage. We were I was a sports organizer. Yeah. His job was to dance with the old people. And uh, we were just there as people who who couldn't dance or sing or and every week they'd do a big show and they'd say, right, you two stand at the back and wave your hands whilst the others dance and do a full they were like from a fame academy, you know, and we were just useless. So 
the fact that I just happened to have a go at stand up whilst I was there was was because of I was I loved stand up, not because I went to Pontins to, to you know sure. it was more of a, just a summer holiday job for two years. And I have to say, probably one of the best jobs I've ever had, including this job. It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. Sixty five quid a week, couldn't spend it. Got drinks bought for me. Got food. Never left the camp. It was brilliant. And it's like a mini fame as well. It's good, good uh, training. If you if you can ever do on television or film or anything, go on me a blue coat first, and you realise the stupidity. People would be asking for my autograph just because I had a red dicky bow on and a blue jacket, and. And on the first day, so they yeah. hadn't even met me. Mm-hmm. They just came up to me. Excuse me, are you a blue coat? Yeah, can I have your autograph then? Go, what? Just because I'm a blue coat. But that sort of happens now. Can I have a selfie? Why? Well, you're on the telly. Do you know who I am? No, but I sort of vaguely recognise you. That'll do. Sure. <laughs> so same sort of thing. But the warmth came through. The way you wrote about it, I, I felt nothing but warmth for the oh, place. Good. You know. Yeah, I was I was quite pleased with that book. I mean, it didn't. You know, it didn't win any uh, Whitbread prizes or anything, but uh, it was... Uh, it's the people's champion. The people's champion, yeah. Well, there's not enough people bought it either. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd have no, you're second. joking! I don't know. I never know with these things. I don't... I'm, I really don't know. I, I cannot tell you now if I sold a 1,000 or a 100,000, but my guess would be somewhere between those two and probably near uh, the first figure. It's one, that's one of the best... Com- I mean, I've, re- I've read them all. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best comedians autobiographies. Oh, cheers, I've yeah. I was proud of the psychiatry bits. Because they were real. I, I, I didn't make it clear enough that the psychiatry... What I did was, after I'd finished it, I thought, this book, someone said to me, it's not very deep into your personal life. You need to push a bit deeper. So I thought, do I have to? All right, I'll, and I thought, what I'll do is I'll go and see a psychiatrist. She can read every chapter and then interview me, and I'll transcribe the chat uh, as a sketch. Yeah. Now, obviously, it was edited, and I used a lot of my thought process, so you hear me thinking in the in the thing. So it was written like a sketch. Um but it's all true. It's all true what was said in, the, in those meetings, you know. Um, so I was quite pleased with them. But I think a lot of people thought they were just me writing sketches, that they weren't a real psychiatrist interviewing me. From what I understand, a lot of the feedback you were getting was, did you really do that? And you, and you said, yeah, I say it at the start of the book. Yeah, I did yeah. say it, so, but I didn't say it clear enough. I didn't write in big letters. It was just hidden away at the front. The psychiatry interviews are genuinely true so I had a lot of people saying why did you do those little sketches in between I went I genuinely saw this woman you know did you did you stick with it with the therapist or was that it for the book oh no it was only for the book it was um, in fact she said you know look I can't you can't do psychiatry like this this is not how you do it so it's it's not proper psychiatry because during those meetings she, she said I think you've got ADHD she says, but I can't officially diagnose you because you do not diagnose someone with ADHD by reading an autobiography and then interview them after every chapter. That is not the way it's done. Sure. But because of that, now I get a lot of people phoning me saying, we're doing a gig for charity for ADHD. Can you be the spokesman? Can you be there? Because you have got ADHD. And I always say, I think I probably have from the description of it, but I've never been diagnosed with it. So I don't want to be saying I've got something until it's been officially diagnosed. So... Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was quite it was an interesting thing doing the the, the, the psychiatry thing. I thought it was you know it was it, it was both sort of light entertainment in the way it was done because we recorded it. She also said to me, she said, um, I don't I don't don't preferably don't use my name. I said that's fine, so I gave her a false name. Yeah. But it was I think she was quite happy that she, she that I mentioned she was the cousin of Jedward, which she was right. I thought they can't. Your anonymity's gone there. How many, how many psychiatr- psychiatrist cousins does Jed would have? Yeah, I've narrowed uh. it down to one. Um, but, oh, uh, is there a return to gigging? Well, I've not. I've not. 
not, uh, I've literally not done a stand-up gig since December 2014. So we're Seriously? Yeah. be five years this year. But I did a big tour, and then I just sort of stopped touring. And I mean, I've done warm-up, a little bit of warm-up on my own sitcom. Well, we have a warm-up man, but I just... A warm-up woman, should I say? Susie Ruffle. She's brilliant, yeah. And so... And, and Mark Oliver as well, he does yeah. it as well. But we... I sort of do a bit for that, but it's not proper stand-up that, because they've all come to see the sitcom, and it's at the beginning, and it's just an introductory chat. But proper stand-up, yeah, no, nothing for four or five years now. Which, are, you, are you missing it or not, really? Well... Not massively. I sort of. I definitely. These are more like fan questions, aren't they? No, I definitely. I, I'm missing it. So hard. I sometimes think I should be doing more of it. Um, but I love doing what I like to so much because it's the nearest I can get to what it was like before I was a comedian. Just chatting with my mates in the pub. It's obviously not quite the same because chatting with your mates in the pub is uh, not filmed and put on television. So it's a different relationship. But it's the nearest to it. Far more nearer than stand-up is. I never used to go to my meet my mates for a drink and think, what will I talk about tonight? Sure. I might open with the story about the cat. I just used to go and have a laugh. And that's what Wilty is. Would I like to we sure. just go and have a laugh? Yes. And I'm so spoilt with that that it's hard to then... And also, the, I've got the opposite of that, which is very written, which is my sitcom. Sure. So I'm, I'm sort of satisfied. I get all my gag writing satis- satisfied by the sitcom and all my sort of improv stuff satisfied by Would I Lie to You? But it's also true that there's something about refreshing when you go and do stand-up. You go, oh, my God, it's just me and no one else. There's no producer, no director, no editor. It's just you forget how much control and how much freedom. And also how few people relatively are listening. So you can say more. It's more into, well, I say that. It's been five years. Perhaps Twitter's gone so mad now that you'd still be very guarded about everything you say. But you just can say what you want in a very intimate surrounding. Like, it's a, we've locked the doors, it never, you know, and it will never go any further, whatever I say. It, it, it's not true, of course, people. If you did no, something no. contentious, then you'd be in trouble anyway. But. In the history of the medium, Live at London is the first one where you're on like that on the cover. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That, that's one of the, I want you to know this, that's one of the greatest stand-up specials. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was my first one. That was my uh, culmination of, like, ten, ten years of circuit stand-up. Because I was, I was on the circuit for years. I mean, I really was. I was from that generation of comics who there was no stand-up on telly. You know, when I started out, all I ever wanted to do was crack the circuit in London. That was my ambition. And still to this day is probably the thing I'm most proud of, the fact that I ended up doing all the clubs. Because that was hard. Sure. It took years and years, especially the comedy store, you know. Can I have another gig, Don? Can I have another gig? You know? Of course. And to be- Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Regular all these places meant more to me than anything because that's what I started out wanting to do, you know. And then it started dipping into a bit of telly and then that grew and that grew. So it's weird now that now I don't even do stand-up. But, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's... It, you know, to to to, to not to, to be, you know, none of us wanted not 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 none of us, but there was no stand-up on telly. If you were a stand-up in the early or mid '90s, and you wanted to be on telly, you're dreaming because there just wasn't any. Sure. So uh, I can't even remember the original question. Oh yes, so so to have all that stand-up material and then bung it onto one DVD. Yeah, it's quite nice to go, right, I'm never going to say this again. This and all the ad libs that night are just, yeah. you know. And then after that, it was more like writing full shows, you know, so it became more like, uh, I don't know, the next two DVDs were more like, still, I still loved it, but it was still more like a job in that I had deadlines. I, had, I could relax for eight or nine years, just what, write what I want. I think, right, I'll pick the best bits and make a nice DVD out of it, you know, so, so more. There's, now, I know you get this a lot, there's, there's no one quicker so I've seen a lot of people live or in a room on a recording don't think there's anyone quicker. Well, oh, thanks. Well, I don't feel like that at the moment. I feel old and slow. But <laughs> Are you joking? Well, only because I've literally just celebrated my 50th birthday party, so I'm still very tired from that. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's ironic that, you know, you're telling me I'm quick and I can't think of anything to say to you about that. But where, does, where, does, where does that come from? Is it, have you said it before you've even thought it? Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, I, I do get told I'm quick, which is nice, but I don't. I don't think I'm quick because I, I, uh, I'm just speaking at the normal rate that I speak and think. So I'm, I'm not on overdrive, or I'm just that's the way I speak. So it feels quite normal to me. I will often like leave a gap when someone's not saying something. Well, I won't say the obvious because someone's going to say it, and it's a bit obvious, isn't it? And I think, well, no one's saying this. Oh, I better say it then. So I'll say it. And then I'll watch it back, and what, what was the four seconds in my head was like a nanosecond. Yes. In my head, I went, that, that was a big beat where I was waiting for someone else to say the obvious, and then they didn't, so I thought, well, I'll say it. And then suddenly, it was like So that. in your mind, you're, you've had that full conversation. Well, I can't believe no one said pyjamas. Yeah. Why is no one saying pyjamas? Yeah. Pyjamas. Yeah. <sighs> That's incredible. So it's like that, but in your mind, it's... A, a bit, yeah, I suppose. It's a bit... I suppose it goes back to this ADHD thing, that if it is true that I've got... Twenty. They, they, it's often described as having like eight radios going off at once. You know, for example, the, the, what I described to this psychiatrist in this book was that if I go to a, when I used to go to, I don't drink anymore. When I used to go to pubs, if I was with my mate, I would, I'd hear like a row brewing in the corner, and I'd look at it and I'd see this row brewing, and carry on talk to me mate, and then this row would kick. And I'd get outside and I'd go, God, that, that kicked off, didn't it? And he'd go, What? I go, Well, the big row that was happening there. I didn't see any row. I'm like, how could you not see that row? I was like so on it. I was listening to him, but totally listening to that row whilst listening to him over there talking. And oh then did you gosh. see that other bloke do that thing? No, no, not But I'm like tuning into five different things at once, which is a pain in the backside when you go supermarket shopping and you can't cope with all that information. But very Andy on panel games. When you're on when panel you're, show. When you're listening to him, but you've got clocking her, what she's saying, and he's saying this. So it's not so much quick as I'm listening to everyone at once, whereas other people perhaps are tuning into one person. And that's that's what it is. And is that associated with with ADHD? That's what I'm told. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. I've got it, but if I have that, it's both a plus and a negative. You know, Rory Bremner has been diagnosed with it, and he says he couldn't do without it for his performance. You know, 
But for you personally, you, like, and I'm speaking about Lee Mack specifically, I mean, that must be the... I'll take this as, the, as you know, <laughs> where it's going from. <laughs> that must be the the best thing ever in a way well it is but it's an extremely serious thing for kids you know because it's it's well and for adults as well but it's very difficult you know if you're yeah if if, if you've got a if you have got adhd as a kid it's, it can be really debilitating you know it's not it's not fun <laughs> you know you can be really struggling with concentration struggling at school be misdiagnosed as just being naughty you know sure. uh, uh, just oh he's just the naughty kid you know and i look back and i was quite you know i'm a child of the 70s and 80s so they, they didn't, you know, this is the time when people with dyslexia were considered stupid. That's right. You know, so ADHD, that's not even going to get a look until the 90s, you know what I mean? So if I did have it, it does explain my school reports, which are atrocious. So you think you were going through that as a kid then? Well, maybe, I don't know. I was, I was really, you know, I was the class clown and the class idiot and I, was always, I failed all my exams, you know, so maybe, I don't know, it's hard to say, isn't it? I'm sure... You know, the Daily Mail listen to this and go, he was just a naughty kid. But, you know, a more compassionate publication might say, the poor child. Yes. The poor child. So now we've got to wrap up. Um, not not going out. Is the, Will this, I'm asking this for, from Hope as much as anything, will that just run and run and run? Well, there's three more series definitely commissioned, which will take us to exactly 100 episodes, which is, that was a little ambition of mine to get to 100. And... I looked at, someone sent me a list the other day where, of the charts of the most amount of episodes. Oh no, the most amount of series, I think it was. And number one is Last of the Summer Wine. You can give up on ever catching Go them. on, what is it? It was, I think it's 295 episodes. And I think it's, what's that, about 30 series or something? Is it really? 35 series. I remember when they got the fresh blood in and it was like Russ Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Russ Abbott off the bench. And Cannonball. And the... Uh, <laughs> And we would be second, but we've been knocked into third place by Chucklevision. Now, discuss. Sitcom? I think it's a sketch show. But people say, no, it is a sitcom. So I think it might be a sitcom, you know. Well, if it's a sitcom, I bow, I, I bow my, myself. Bow myself? I doff my cap and bow myself. I doff my bow and take my doff off. But, I mean, I, we had a chat years ago, and it was... And, and, I'd, I'd worried about the two of you falling in love in the show because yeah. I'd flagged. But no, by the way, spoiler: you were right. Right. <laughs> so I'd flagged Frasier, but then the, what you did by jumping it forward and, and I mean, it, well, the thing is, I, I didn't really have any choice because we got to, we got together and decided to sort of end it, sort of end that type of show. And then I had two options really: we, we, we remade Everybody Loves Raymond, the American show, with me and Catherine Tate as a pilot, and the BBC seemed to quite like it. Um, we, we were going to make another pilot to try and just rectify a few things. And then I thought, well, I'm trying to get all this family around me. I've got it all in the other one, haven't we? We've got my wife, we've got the father character, we've got the father-in-law, the mother-in-law. They're all there. Why am I trying to do another show where I'm trying to get all these people together again? So I just said, look, let's turn Not Going Out into a family sitcom instead. And that's what happened, you know, when we, we had the kids. We jumped forward seven years because you can't write a sitcom with a baby because... Every week, people say, well, where's the baby? You can't just have an episode with no baby in it, because you can't... If anyone's had a baby, will know. The baby it dominates everything. So I said, well, let's just jump forward seven years later. We've got three kids. And then, if we get cancelled, I'll have done my sitcom with three kids, wouldn't I? At least I've done it. If I try and build to it over the next four or five years, it's a long... It's very uh, cocky of me to think we'll get that far, because who knows how long the show will last, so... You so. must take pride, because it's an original idea, yeah. and it's been proved to be... A flipping great idea. Well, it's got, it's gone, yeah, it's gone a lot longer than I originally thought. It started, we wrote the pilot in 2005 
and I think the last episode at the moment will be broadcast I'm guessing 2023 so that is what's that 18 17 18 years of of my life has been I started in my 30s and I'll be well into my mid 50s by the time all this finishes so if it finishes we might carry on after that as well who knows but one thing you've done wonderfully well is you've managed the Work-life balance. I mean, that's that is a thing that's important to you. In in the show, or you mean in in, in your real, real life? In, in your real life. life. Oh yeah, totally. That's why it goes back to the stand-up thing. Of that, it's very hard to balance that when you go and do a two hundred day tour because it's not even if you did a hundred day tour, or whatever. That it's not just the tour. It's the I don't like going out on tour unless I've spent at least a year working up to it. Proper, like going on the circuit, going back and doing the clubs, making sure that it's properly nailed. I don't want to be going out with some half last show. So. It's a good two or three year commitment when I do a stand up tour. So I've trying to balance the work life is is not work home life is not easy if you can add a tour to the sitcom and to a panel game. Panel game's easy, let's be honest, but certainly the sitcom. You make it look easy, don't forget. Well that. thanks, but hours wise it is easy. It's sure. eight ten days a, a year for half a day. Unlike not going out which is ten months a year for the same half hour amount of episodes. Of course. So there you go, have some of that. That's a, that's a nice start to the weekend, isn't it? A bit of Lee Mac. And you can tell, he's, he's just... Uh, I've worked with Lee on a couple of things. I've chatted with him a couple of times before. And, uh, oh man, I just... I think the... I think it probably came through. I think the world of the guy. I just think he's wonderful. Um, yes, he, he, he has... I just think Lee has a good grasp on everything. He, he's quite an inspiring... It's uh, quite an inspiring character. My take on Lee... Sorry, see, I've turned this into Jerry's final thoughts... He's obviously incredibly successful, but from what I gather, he also um, is very good at... uh, I think the balance is important to him. Uh, Anyway, God bless. God bless, Lee Mac. Ah, now then, do do us a solid... I mean, look, listening is doing a solid... I mean, some of you will have switched off already. That's fine. That is... The story of my life. Uh, but <laughs> do us a solid. If you could share, write a review, all of that malarkey. Oh, it all helps. I think it, 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 something, an algorithm. Is that a thing? That's a thing. So if you leave five stars. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you don't want to, fine. It's your life. But if you're on a train, you might be 10 or 15 minutes from the station. No idea. I mean, you could be doing it. Could be anywhere. But anyway, if you whack as a five star, that w- that helps immeasurably. If you don't want to, by the way, if you don't enjoy it, just keep those thoughts to yourself. God's sake. Um, we're back Monday. Ooh, Monday's a uh, Monday's a belting episode. For uh, Monday's episode, you will need uh, ideally a pad and a pen. Ooh, <laughs> good show, Bizu. There. Thank you for joining in. Ooh, a couple of exercises in Monday's episode. I'll say no more. Uh, thank you as always. Thank you again to Pod Bible for the, the a lovely write-up. Um, thanks very much. Uh, have a lovely weekend. Thanks to Lee Mac, everyone at the London Comedy Film Festival as well. Very grateful. Um, yeah, that was great. Uh, see you soon. I've been James Gill. Bye, bye, bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.